0: don't
1: shoot the deputies hello and welcome to another edition of don't shoot the deputies a podcast run by two deputy heads living on opposite sides of the country hiya steve how are you doing
0: hello russell good to be back it's been a while hasn't it so it's great to be back on the podcast
1: it has we've both had a a bit a bit of time out from it not really intentionally but life goes on and we've both been extremely busy with work and family and all sorts but it's exciting to be back uh, with a new podcast because this one's a bit unique. Um, it all centres around uh, a visit I had uh, on Thursday and Friday up to Leeds. It
0: did, Russell. Um, just thinking, like, uh, how did this even come about? Because for you and Devon to go up to a school in Leeds sounds quite a drastic action there. So how does it come about?
1: Yeah, so I visited Parkland's Leeds, which is, um, if you've not heard of it, it's, it's developed quite a a reputation for well it's an outstanding school but it's an outstanding school in a particularly challenging area of Leeds called Seacroft and um my head teacher and I both came across um a uh, blog about the school over the Christmas holidays written by the Gloucestershire head who um did a great blog all about this visit that he and some other head teachers from Gloucestershire made up to Parklands and we were really very moved because um we're in a wonderful, wonderful school that has its own challenges and it has its own levels of deprivation. And we just really wanted to be inspired by a school that was living proof that you can achieve incredible things despite um, the challenges your pupils come in with. But not only do they do incredible things, but they do it by the means of love and support and nurture. And I think Um, A lot of us that came into education, we come in with that attitude That's that's how we want to be successful. And then we see a lot of, um, unfortunately, a lot of models that don't sit with that. We see a lot of heads or leaders try and run it uh, via test, 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 test. Um, And it's just nice to hear a story that's living proof that there's another way. Um, So really, my head teacher and I, you know, with the world of Twitter and how kind of popular that's become I got in touch with Chris Dyson, in the head and very kindly found time for us to come up and visit I know a lot of people visit the school now uh, but we thought it was well worth the trip and I think the thing about Devon Steve is it's a bit of a bubble and occasionally <laughs> you've got to get yourself out of there and go and see something really different so that's kind of how it came about. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. You can sometimes get sucked into your own bubble of uh,
0: this is my school and it can't compare to everywhere else. It's great to get out there. Now, um, I wanted to go to this visit uh, to Leeds, but sadly, I couldn't make it. I was caught up with everything back at base. Yeah. Um, for, our, for our listeners and myself, though, can you just describe what did you actually walk into?
1: Yeah, well, I'll say a little bit more after you hear the interview that I had with Chris Dyson while I was up there, because kindly, he, he found a bit of time in the day to speak to me. But um, how do you encapsulate a, a day into just a sentence or two? Well, I think one thing people have got to realise is that even though it's got this amazing reputation, it's an outstanding school, you don't, it's not like taking the journey into, you know, Alton Towers, you know, there's <laughs> all, all those music helps with that. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. You drive into what is clearly a very a very tough area um, and you pull up and it's a very old school building. There's nothing um, kind of wow about that. You go into a foyer like you go into a foyer of any other school or the reception area of any other school. All of that bit is the same. The difference is when you step through those doors, you meet Chris and you start seeing children. That's when you really realise there's something a bit different about this school. Everything else is as normal as it gets. Uh, And the first thing that once we stepped into the main foyer and Chris greeted us was the biggest, warmest hug you could imagine. And in a way, that sets the tone for your visit, because what I really, really want people to get out of this podcast is Chris's love for people is about as genuine as you could possibly imagine. There's nothing Mm. showy about it. There's nothing fake about it. That man absolutely adores people absolutely adores children. He absolutely values his children, respects his children. And there's nothing whatsoever that's fake about that. It's completely and utterly genuine. And I saw that for every second of the day I was there. So that really sets the tone.
0: Yeah, that's a powerful message actually, just to think that there is that love that encapsulates all of that school and the man as a person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what uh Chris will mentioned in the interview you'll hear in a minute is uh, there's music going. And I think I had the impression that that would be blaring out in every possible corridor you can imagine. It's not. It's in the the kind of foyer areas you walk in. It's essentially what children are greeted by in the mornings and what they come into in assembly. So it's not complete noise all the time for those of you that are sort of shuddering at the thought of that. <laughs> But it does do something for you because you walk in and there's some really positive, optimi- optimistic music blaring out on full volume. It does fill you with energy and positivity straight away. And I think what Chris is the master of is getting that tone right for his school in terms of how people just instantly feel good about being there. And if we as adults felt like that within 10 seconds of being in, God, imagine how a 10 year old feels who's you know had a really exactly. hard time at home that, uh, the night before. And then they walk into that environment the next day.
0: It's a mood changer, isn't it, straight away?
1: It is, it is. And he, he sets the tone for you straight away with that big hug, the music bearing, and then um yeah, and then we and then it all became very normal. We sat down in his office and he made us a cup of tea and we just got chatting and we just connected really well straight away and heard a bit more about his school and and he what Chris doesn't struggle with is talking about his school. <laughs> he absolutely adores <laughs> that place and he's so proud of it and he should be. Um and he is used to talking to people about it confidently and openly and he will do that but um, what I want people to really understand is what a, a genuine bloke Chris is and what a genuine staff they are as well um, but should we, uh, should we let people hear the interview I have with yeah let's
0: have a listen about uh, Chris and what you got up to over the lunch period
1: yeah, so what people might not realize is that Chris very much let children lead the day for us. There was no him controlling where we went and when. In fact, you know, if you totted up all the minutes of the day we spent with Chris specifically, it was probably about half an hour. Most of the day wow. was in classes with children, and, and I really appreciated that because that wasn't a head teacher just trying to show me the bits he wanted us to see. Mm. Uh, But, uh, so finding 10 minutes with him at lunchtime was really valuable. And even then you'll hear in the interview, we had a few children nip in and out because Chris's door, even if it's closed, it's not really closed. Those kids want to be with him whenever they can. But uh, I started the interview by asking him about spiders because his uh, his Senko Beth on Twitter uh, suggested I asked him about that and I couldn't quite tell why, whether it was a bit of an in-joke, whether he was scared of them or whether it was a bit of an obsession. But anyway, I'll let you hear the interview uh, and, and that just provides a bit of context for why we started with spiders. Well, it's absolutely amazing to be here today at Parklands Leeds with the incredible Chris Dyson and his amazing school. And we've just found 10 minutes in a really busy day over lunchtime to sit down with a cup of tea and talk about his school and what he loves about his school. So I want to start with a question that we have from, um, well, that came up on Twitter, which was, what's this about spiders? What are you so scared of about spiders, or have you got a pet spider? No, I love spiders. Spiders
2: are my favourite of all animals. Forget your dogs and your cats, it's spiders all the way for me. As I tell the children... I
0: don't even like dogs
2: that scare me. <laughs> We're doing an interview! <laughs> so, um, I love spiders. Uh, it's my favourite of all the pets. Forget your cats and your dogs and things, it's spiders all the way for me. Uh, as I always tell the children. If it wasn't for spiders, there'd be old creepy crawlies crawling about everywhere, all over your house, all over your classroom. But when we've got to bed at night to refresh to refresh yourself for tomorrow, the lovely spiders come out and get rid of all the little bugs for us. So, absolutely brilliant. And my favourite sats paper uh, was all about spinners and spiders. And it had some great facts on there, like we don't have any spiders underneath our toilet seats like in Australia. that can bite you and cause you severe uh, discomfort. So, spiders, best thing in the world.
1: Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. I was worried that I was going to hear that you are scared of them, but big fan of spiders. That's an exclusive. What about your school then? So what's keeping everyone happy? That's what everyone wants to know. Why have you got such a happy school? I've seen it myself today. They love your school, everyone. Why? Music.
2: You know, we have music played 24-7 on volume 11. Uh, for those who like Spinal Tap, it's one more. Uh, the children walk, walk around school, singing along to whatever song's on the playlist. Um, and it's it creates a real beautiful... Uh, Feeling And fun day Friday at the Fun Palace, you know, as we were discussing earlier, Mm. the fact that we've only had in the last three years our uh, attendance on a Friday is 99.7%. Nobody misses a Friday. In fact, I had a little girl last week that uh, ended up fracturing her arm at playtime, uh, but she refused to go home at lunchtime because she wasn't missing that, that assembly and the
1: pizza and the sofa and the lemonade that she was due to receive. Amazing. And what I really touched me about the assembly this morning, Chris, was—and this was the quiet assembly. I haven't seen the busy one yet. I'm going to see that this afternoon. That's a nice quiet one. Was when a child gets an award, everyone wants to hug them. The child, the other children, it's like it's like they're famous. They want to hug them. They want to tell them they're amazing. Isn't that lovely?
2: It's the walk of love.
1: Yeah. So you imagine it's the whole split
2: down the middle, uh, and the children walk down there. The high fiving, the hugging, total respect, and it's
1: uh, it just adds to a real happy, happy feel to the place. Hmm. So I really, really want to know, where does this fire come from? Because you are one of the most passionate people I've met. You love your job. Where does it come from? It's the best job in the world. Changing people's lives,
2: giving people opportunities, Uh, being an underdog. You know, nobody expected anything from this school when I took it over. Um, Well, nobody ever... Shush! (laughs) We've got a guest in the room. So it's our lovely Leo and his iPad golden time. He was told he was staying in to shush during the interview... But bless him, he's, uh, he's, on, he's on Minecraft at the moment. And uh, as we can hear in the background, he don't like dogs. He don't like me talking about dogs. So, why don't you like dogs, Leo? They scare me. Yeah, they scare me as well. We like spiders, don't we? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it just adds to a real happy, happy sense of uh, an assembly. You know, the teachers are in the classrooms doing the marking, uh, which means they can get off early on a Friday. Our uh, loud assembly, which is coming up in uh, about 50 minutes, if the teachers have got young children they want to get off home to go and collect them as a special
1: treat that's fine by me perfect so i can see that that love and that happiness and that passion and i don't underestimate for a second how far that takes a school but i bet there's a lot of people that know about your school and they're interested in as well as that the boring stuff that the day-to-day grind what what would you pinpoint as some of the kind of day-to-day the more boring stuff that the school does but that really works here and helps your children to be so successful.
2: Well it's a day to drop next week so that's uh, a day of my life taken out by printing out endless uh, reports and things but you know we're not a testing school so we don't do the testing for the day to drop, it goes on uh, on teacher assessments mm. and, and what work is in the book, uh, it breaks my heart when I see schools that are opening over Easter for SATs boostering, mm. uh, that start SATs boostering back in September time. Uh, at Parklands we don't do any testing in any year group Uh, and the year sixes tend to start round about Easter time having a practice paper the first time, because we've got to put a love back into education, Mm -hmm. we've got to make children love coming to school and believe me, you know there's nothing to look forward to if you know you're doing a, a reading paper in the morning, then a, a maths paper after break, and then doing a SPAG test in the afternoon. Mm. You know, I want to be teaching them, I want to be learning,
1: I want to be exploring this fantastic new curriculum. But you put a real value, don't you, as a school, on the on the basics, the stuff that children just have to know, like your times tables, that you've become really well known for. I mean,
2: it's seeing it is believing it. You know, when I've got visitors, they've mm. got to go
1: to year one because mm. you know we're the
2: most uh, deprived primary school in Leeds. And when you've got five-year-olds that know all the times tables up to the end of nine twelves, and we're not talking them uh, working them out on the fingers, we're talking that the, the quicker than I'm sort of clicking my yeah. finger, and that's not just two or three little special ones I've mm. brought out. This is a uh, forty-five kids across the across the board. Mm. Mm. Um, and you know, once you can, once you've got your times tables, and you imagine being a year three teacher, and all your childrens are fluent in the, in the times tables, your fractions, your decimals, all the all the things that. Are, Traditionally more difficult in maths, mm. but straightforward, and hence so that's why we ended up with uh, 76% uh, greater depth in maths two years ago, and uh, only 48% last year. But that's to be fair, an outstanding <laughs> yeah, and I like yeah, was standing Only 48.
1: Yeah, there's a few of us out there going, only 48. No, and it's brilliant. And it, I, I think, you know, as you were saying that, i was seeing it as a bit like the cake analogy. You've baked the cake with the love and the, the care and the hugs. And then you've, you've got the space then to whack on the icing of all those basics. And then you can do the the real fancy finish thing, can't you? You know, and then they're going into the high
2: school we work really close with uh, at Leeds East. Um, and they're building on from that learning now. So that these kids, you know, they're going to have a future. Some of them are going to go to university, mm. you know. Uh, But they're going to have basic skills that they can take into life, you know, and it's making a huge uh, difference to one of Europe's biggest council estates. We love Seacroft, love these kids at this school.
1: I've spoken to a lot of your children today. I've just sat and had lunch. Lovely Beanie Burrito. Beanie Burrito. Beanie Burrito. And it's just been lovely talking to your kids. But if you ask any child in your school, what do you love about your school, they have one or two answers. It's either everything or it's Mr. Dyson. So... I want to know for you as a leader you've had such a big impact Um, what are some of the key ingredients of an effective leader? you just got to have
2: respect to the children you know I'm fully into uh, being an all-inclusive school uh, just because we're outstanding from Ofsted Uh, and and in reality terms I just want every school to be good Um, but we actually take on excluded children from other settings now to give them an opportunity to give them a chance and I've currently got four and you know Obviously they have the one or two moments, but they're in school and they're learning and they're doing the reading and they're doing the writing, you know, and if we can give them opportunities, it's absolutely essential. You know, uh, I banned shouting when I came into school because, you know, these kids don't respond if you shout at them. Mm. They need nurturing, they need restorative practice, they need to realise everyone makes a mistake, myself included. Um, and it's how you build on and, and learn from that
1: mistake mm. and and that only really works doesn't it if the kids really respect the adults and it's mutual you can't do restorative practice without that can you
2: i mean i can't do my job without my brilliant sort of teachers my brilliant mm. teaching assistants my brilliant senior leaders unless they followed the the dream and things myself mm. because you've seen how fantastic a manager controversial you could say uh, josé Mourinho is mm. but when he lost that dressing room when he mm. lost his team and he lost his squad there's only one way it could go for him, and that was downhill. Mm. Whereas, you look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, came in with a lovely, big, happy smile. I uh, I tweeted Bryn Goodman uh, two nights ago saying, it just shows what happens if you've got a, a bit of belief, a big smile, you're happy, you take time to, to speak to people, you make sure everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet without dictating, you can achieve absolutely anything. And for the record, I'm a Chef United fan, not a man fan. So, Chris...
1: I'm interested in, last last thing for a quick chat, was just around the idea of, uh, of disadvantage. That's all right, we'll pause for a sec, let him come through and now.
2: In fact, just come round here a sec. John?
1: Do this. I'm, he's
2: going
1: to ask you what's the best thing about school. He's going to ask come on girls. So Chris and I have paused for a second because we've had a lovely group of his amazing children wander into his office and it's a great opportunity just to ask one of them what they love about the school. So what what would you say you really enjoy about... Free writing. Free writing? What is it you love about that?
0: You get to write about
1: whatever you want. You get to write about whatever you want. And that came from
2: when Cressida Cowell beautifully came up to our school, brought 500 How to Train Your Dragon books up, signed one for each and every child over a day, didn't charge the school a penny, not even for the train fare, and she said, why don't you do this thing called Free Write Friday? And as you said, for people like John, instead of doing a beautiful piece of work and having a sort of green pen over the top mm. and editing it, it means whatever he's got down, he can keep those ideas forever without someone saying, change this word, do this, do that.
1: Love it, John. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing. I've got another pupil here. What would you say is what you love about this school? Everything. Do you know what? You weren't in the room when I was just talking to your head teacher a minute ago, but I told him that that's the answer. Every single child gives me, either that or Mr. Dyson, that's what you lot seem to love about this school. Everything that's amazing well right see you in a bit then superstars see ya thanks guys Right, well, Leo you're back to class now little brother
0: please to John's
2: class
1: oh yeah please and he's had a great great time all right see you later son Leo. last question i'd love to ask you about i know time's precious um you're in a really disadvantaged area and lots of us do have high levels of disadvantage in our schools and it's very easy for that to become the <laughs> reason why children can only reach so far what's your response to people that say oh well we can't be at that certain level because of the level of disadvantage or the problems our kids come in with. What's your thoughts?
2: You just look at Parkland's Leeds website or you look at the Parkland's uh, Leeds Twitter feed. These kids can achieve anything. Uh, 84% pupil premium, which dropped to 74%. I think we're currently on 69%, not because the, the children have changed, because the goalposts have changed. But when you've got that much de- uh, deprivation, and yet you, you last year were the single highest performing school in the country, and that's, mm. and that's from every school... This year we're in the top five, Mm. not percent, but the top five schools. Just shows with a dream, high expectations, belief, uh, leading through love, not through a stick. Mm. These children can achieve absolutely anything. And you've seen for yourself today, they're absolutely beautiful, gorgeous kids. They are. They'll do anything for anyone, you know, and people's first impression of Seacroft, it's not good.
1: No, you know. Well, we had a we had have stayed just five minutes down the road and spoken to a couple of people in the pub down there. who don't know the school specifically, but know the area. And when you say where you're going, the eyebrows raise a little bit because, you know, they, that's the reputation it has. So it really does have that reputation locally, doesn't it? It's quite a tough area. It doesn't,
2: uh, and we're spreading the word of love. You know, we're changing people's perspective yeah. uh, perspective of, of things. Uh, you guys have come all the way up from Exeter today. I've yes. had schools flying from Spain. I've had the director of education from New Zealand that's coming. Mm. Uh, I've got beautiful, brilliant friends such as Rob Smith from the Literacy Shed who, who sponsors my writer of the week. I have mm. Ros Wilson who's in school every mm. other week. And it's absolutely... These people travel everywhere mm. to come and see this, this little oasis of, of what can be achieved, as I said, by using a carrot, using lots of love as opposed to a stick, excluding, off-rolling, flattening the grass and all those things that are coming out. Out at the moment, businesses support the school amazingly. Uh, I had to do an interview for uh, for the radio on Monday about funding, and I said I might not be the best person to speak to. Um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to be the best person to speak to because I'm, I'm lucky enough for pulling about three hundred, three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year from businesses, which means I can have thirty five teaching assistants in fifteen classes. Mm. Um, but all this is because of the the goodness and the brilliance of uh, all the businesses that mm. sort of sponsor. And want to be part of this journey. And want to be mm. part of making a difference.
1: Mm. Last thing I'd really love to ask. I know I said the last one was the last one, but do you think children are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for? Because you've got children from some really tough backgrounds, and I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of how resilient children are. And I went to a conference down in Devon a little while ago called Resilient Young Minds, and they had the the tagline, no child is broken. And it was that attitude of uh, a child's never damaged completely. You know, they're, they're, you know, with that love and with that support, they can go anywhere.
2: They're just rich in experience at Parklands, you know, irrespective how much money they've got outside school, there'll be no children in the country that get an experience, experience of a primary school like these children mm. do at Parklands. They're the richest children in the world with mm. that. And if they can take that love and that compassion and that humility that that we install in them here into high school and continue the learning, then into the late teen years, and then into the twenties where they're going to be the future. You never write children off. As I said, it breaks my heart with all the schools. There's a school just down the road from here that's part of one of the uh, academies that I won't I won't say, but it don't It'd uh, be quite easy to guess which one. 250 ex- 253 exclusions last year. 253. Now where are these kids going? you know oh the results have gone up massively this year oh that's brilliant because you've just got rid of all the ones you don't want you know and it's silly old people like me that are taking these children giving them another opportunity and you know they might not get the ARE Uh, they might bring our scores down but I'm giving something to society I'm giving something to their parents and I'm giving them I'm giving them a chance Mm. you know and as I said for all four that I've taken on the last 18 months. All four have got a lot better opportunity now than they did 18 months ago.
1: And uh, speaking to some of your children that have perhaps come from other schools over lunch, you know, they're the ones that are almost nicest to ask, because you say. So what was it like when you were, wherever you were, they might have relocated to the area. And oh, it's so much better here. You know, they really do value the experience they've got in front of them, um, as do the ones that have always been here. You know, but
2: it's, it's the other experiences, because as I said, we don't just concentrate on reading, writing and maths. Uh, CBBS came in and filmed last week. Northern Ballet doing their new CBBS ballet. Mm. A thousand people came from the community. Uh, I personally did a high school musical with the Year Six this year. Thirteen dance routines I had to choreograph. Mm. Um, another string to my bow. Mm. And again, it was so successful. And word got around. Twelve hundred people from Seacroft wanted to come and see it. We had to put on four shows. Mm. We did the Leeds uh, the Leeds Playhouse. Sold out two shows there. Yeah. Um, so all these opportunities. You know, I've got opera singers in that that come in and sing, the biggest opera singers in Yorkshire, because as I said, they all want to be part of this journey, especially on a fun day Friday, Mm. best seats in the House Assembly, Mm. which is 40 minutes away.
1: (laughs) Can't wait. And now I've told you twice, I'm going to ask you one more question. This is the last time I'm going to say it because you keep making me think of other things. It's the last one, I promise. There's a lot of heads and deputies out there that feel exhausted. They feel flattened, they feel deflated, they've lost faith or confidence. And I've worked with people like that who I think are brilliant people and they've just, somewhere along the way, they've, they've lost their way or they've been knocked back. You just seem so fired up all the time. How do you, for those people, what would your advice be to help them tap back into that energy and that confidence in themselves? Feel free to come up for a visit
2: to, to Parklands because... Uh... Once you've visited here, anything that you see or are using my school uh, is yours, totally free of charge, uh, as long as you don't put it on TES resources. <laughs> um, so, and it's just, you've just got to fall back in love again, mm. you know. And when you see these kids and you see how happy the staff are, because you know, I've mentioned the staff a couple of times, but the staff are walking around singing and happy, mm. you know. Um, and you've just got to be honest with your staff. You've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to try one small little small little initiative that you can drop as a seed into school that'll grow, mm. just like our times tables did. Mm. Uh, my really good friend Simon Smith over at uh, East Whitby Academy, he's thoughtful, he's reflecting, he's it's everything about picture book and inference, you know, totally different and opposite to me, but that's his little seed, and that's mm. grown and grown and grown. And it benefits himself because he doesn't mind me sort of pinching his ideas, mm. just like he sort of borrows our Times Tables initiative. So there's things.
1: something about get back in touch with what got you passionate about education, whether that's a, something well, clearly child centered, but a certain subject or something that really gets you going. Just bring that initiative in again, get yourself fired up, and it'll snowball.
2: And get yourself on Twitter because there's loads of brilliant mm. head teachers there, and everyone has the down, down times. But by sharing something and getting some advice, you know, sharing is caring.
1: Absolutely. And what a great place to end, Chris. Thank you for your time. Anytime. Can't wait. We're off to the big special assembly now. Best seats in the house.
0: Russell, that is a fantastic interview. It's great to hear actually the children that are involved in that as well. And (laughs) I've got some questions that follow on from that. If I can just fire them at you. Are you ready for this?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Okay. So first things first, the big assembly is mentioned and it seems like you're about to embark on this journey to a big assembly. (laughs) What is this in a Friday afternoon? Because that could be the... Worst time to have a Friday assembly? It could be the best time. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, well, there's actually two assemblies on Friday. So he says, it's so wow. good. It's so good. We do it twice, is his catch. <laughs> and it's funny because the morning assembly was one of the first things we saw. So we went and saw a bit of what they call their early bird mass. And I'll mention that a bit more later. And then, and then we went into the morning assembly, which he said, now this is the quiet one, but you go in and there's <laughs> music blaring. The kids are <laughs> singing. Sometimes kids will just Sort of rise up into impromptu dance routines that you didn't realize where they came from. I think Chris might have choreographed them at various points. All right. uh, this is the quiet assembly in the morning. Anyway, and then they they do various awards. In terms of awards, there's nothing drastically different from other schools, although they always bring an extra bit of fun element into them. So for one of the awards, I think it was the attendance, there's like a a big Monopoly board up on the the wall in the hall. And when children, certain classes get certain awards, they roll a giant dice at the front of the assembly hall. And that (laughs) moves their class so many rounds. And that gives them rewards like extra play or cake or whatever so it's all about generating positivity and excitement and Mm. obviously about rewarding excellence and rewarding the right kinds of behaviors and i think that's something chris has really understood is that for these children reward is important and i think you know i i went into education with quite a um a view that I really wanted children to be intrinsically motivated all the time, and mm. don't get me wrong, they do plenty of intrinsic motivation at that school, but they do do the extrinsic stuff, they do the rewards and the extra time for things, and I think you've got to understand that school is about serving your community, and if you're in a community where you don't get any extrinsic reward, you don't have much extrinsic rewards mean something, they mean a huge amount to children so. Yeah. That's the morning. That's the morning assembly. But what really struck me that almost had me welling up within about 10 minutes of the assembly is when children are, uh, I talked about this in the interview, when children get an award, all the kids want to hug them on the way up. Mm. Totally not fake. Like, <laughs> it's like there's some sort of famous person walking <laughs> down the crystal the walk of love. They're, they're hugged they're high-fived and some kids really milk it it's adorable you know one year two lads you know I think he must have hugged every kid in his class before he got to the front
0: but it's this, well, I assume it goes beyond just the classmates it's everyone in that school that really wants to get on
1: board with their celebration I think they just yeah I think there's just a culture of really um, valuing each other and you mm. know, on the topic of hugs I have never seen so many hugs in one day in my life they absolutely you know love is absolutely at the heart of that school and you can't fake that steve you know you either really do care or you don't and you know what I know a few people out there will be like, oh, I might not have wanted to be hug- hugged as a child. They don't make kids do this. <laughs> they, they, there's lots of high fiving going on as well. And Chris reads that beautifully because when the children come up to the front, they always go straight to him. And he just reads it if a child just wants a high five or a, you know, but many, many of the children will, you know, they'll lean straight into him. They really, They really adore him. And I think for a lot of those children, he's a really important figure in their lives that makes them feel very valued and needed. Yeah. And so are all the other teachers. It's not just Chris. He's the figurehead there. But um that, that culture of love and care is 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 there. So anyway, the morning assembly is like the the seventy five percent version. And then the afternoon assembly. Essentially that on steroids, really. It's um <laughs> much, much louder, loads more impromptu bits where people get up and dance and sing. Um and the kids just get the routines. Chris has lots of little catchphrases to introduce certain um awards and the kids just join in with that. There are parents at the back in the afternoon one where there isn't in the morning um about 50 or so parents probably 50 to 60 parents at the back for that uh, what yeah. do they make of it or what do they make of it well it's quite funny because um as a visitor it's not your normal so you're sat there wide-eyed and amazed where they're sat there with quite calm expressions they're kind of used to this i think you know it's their normal um i mean what was particularly touching about parents in that assembly was there that chris does a big um He's famous for his timetables, but he's, he did, does like a big um, like sort of competition. So each class um, get like a, a nominee that goes forward to represent their class in a little mini knockout tournament that is just like head to heads. And then they get to a final and all the kids get a, a little certificate anyway. But the one that, you know, wins is that champion for that week and takes the trophy mm. for class. But this one little girl for Key Stage what they do that for Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2. And cool. the girl that won for Key Stage 1, her mum was at the back. And uh, when she won this, mum almost looked like she was going to cry. And she just said, oh, I spent all, all night up with her practicing last night. So <laughs> oh, bless. I think this is what, again, what Chris does very well is he understands his community and he understands the pride that those parents feel when he celebrates their achievements and he makes them feel good about themselves. So yeah. afternoon is really just about Um, celebrating what's lovely about that school. There's loads of singing, um, there's loads of dancing you've got the best seats in the house with the kids who have had certain awards sit and munch their pizza and lemonade while the assembly goes ahead and you actually hardly notice them you know they just crack on there and the rest of the assembly is going going ahead um children very much lead the assembly alongside chris there's a couple of children fantastic i believe are on sort of like a rotor, and they read out all the awards and stuff and they do that beautifully and they do that really confidently. and
0: how long does it last how long is this assembly going for
1: well it kind of struck me i don't think it lasted a lot longer than a normal assembly because i thought I'd wow. come out and think God, oh, that was an hour and a half gone i think it was about 30 to 35 minutes which i don't think is very different okay. to many of our yeah. celebration assemblies because so, even if you're just talking it through calmly you still if you do a you know various awards for every class that takes ages doesn't it so absolutely one thing that also strikes
0: me russell is this music that's going around the school from the foyer and in assembly yeah. um are these just these songs from programs like the Arc or sing up or is it pop music what what is playing and what's the purpose behind him playing all this music?
1: Right. What you've got to understand is that in another life, I think Chris was a boy band member. <laughs> it, or Chris is about to join a boy band and, you know, drop the headship career and, and, and break it to <laughs> us. He's about to like reform, we take that. And now he loves, he loves a boy band ballad. He, he fessed up to that. I said to him at one point in the day, I said, Chris, if only I'd realised all this time that the key to school improvement was take that. Um, and he laughed and he said, all Back Street boys. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he 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 loves it he loves fit but you know that kind of feel good music that you get mm. people like take that um that there was that song from paloma faith what is it um i oh, make your own kind of music yeah yeah that was yeah, yeah. blaring out and so it's those kind of big you know you're on the train back for four hours and you're still singing them you know because yeah. those kind of catchy feel good songs and again that's about serving his community he wants to bring a bit of joy into those kids lives it has a purpose basically it's not just pop music for pop music's sake is it no but he, he really does pinpoint it as one of the key things he does you know that he may he he really believes that injection of feel good is 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 quite key yeah and i think it's important to play music that children can hear
0: outside as well and relate to mm. and it feels like they're mixing that culture of outside the of school with inside of school where then this music is like a pinnacle of just working between both isn't it yeah um now on the flip side i can imagine someone's listening now i'm thinking, these children sound like they're having too much fun and therefore you could have poor behavior or um, just not enough learning really. So what would you say your experience was throughout these two days in terms of are they having too much fun and does that impact on their learning?
1: Right. Point one, his children are beautifully behaved. They are respectful, they are um, incredibly proud of their school, they are friendly they're welcoming they hold doors open for you they're little gems they are absolutely beautiful beautiful children and as I said we were shown around by children pretty much all day and um, you know I could not talk negatively about behavior at all clearly in an area like that with um, children tough backgrounds and there are some really really tough stories behind some of the people's lives you will have children that have um you know a a tough afternoon or something might go a bit wrong
0: that's a wobble yeah
1: it's up and handled so calmly you don't see any shouting or um you know panicking in the school you know they just accept that's part of what they will get sometimes but we saw very little even of that kind of behavior um but no i think what people might be misled by because chris does talk a lot about his friday assembly and rightly sh- rightly so he's very proud of that kind of friday feel good um, element of the school that school in many other respects is just a very calm normal school at other times of the day so as i said mm-hmm. earlier that music's not blaring out in every single corridor it's mainly just that foyer area so most corridors are very calm um classrooms are just very very calm you know focused learning you know you don't walk in and see you know rocket fueled lessons what you walk in just see really good solid teaching you know and Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's the balance that the school does strike that people don't realize is in many respects there's a lot of normal going on and don't get me wrong it's normal um injected with very special relationships and teachers that really know their stuff and very um real deliberate practice but it's you walk into the lessons, you're just seeing really solid stuff going on, and calmly with children that are very focused on their learning. You know, and that's impressive um, considering how much the assemblies could rather. <laughs> they they do get that learning times about focus, um, and the teachers have extremely high expectations of that.
0: Yeah, and touching on the teachers, then, uh, did you get to meet any of the staff? And how does Chris get them on board with his vision? Because it's quite unique, um,
1: yeah.
0: and what the, what the staff like, and how does he? invigorate them into following this vision
1: let's talk about leading from the front when he started at the school um he had been a deputy before so it was his first headship and there'd been i think five heads in the year before it, it'd been a bit of a mess and the way he talks about it, he says i had nothing to lose i came in and you know I, I could do my own thing and i could try something a bit different um you know got some some staff in i think i believe people he knew and I think he just leads from the front I think he he models the kind of behaviors he wanted he wants to see I think early on I think he spent a lot of time in corridors and in classes and I think very much modeled what he wanted to see he banned shouting he just wanted it to be a, um, a very positive place so I think modeling is key I think he demonstrates in front of people all the time what he expects and I think they follow suit His teaching staff are really normal, decent people. None of them um, try and dress the school up to be anything it's not. They talk quite openly about the school, but in a really proud way. Um, I spoke to various teachers, spoke to the English lead, the maths lead, um, and they're just really great people, genuine people that work hard, um, that do the day-to-day grind very, very well. Um, And they're proud of their school. And I think, you know, beyond the teachers, I really want to mention the teaching assistants because Mm. in school, the teaching assistants are, are, they're really valued. They're, um, I think many, many of them um, have got quite high levels of qualification themselves. So they really know their stuff. Um, They really support the teachers in the class in in an active way they know as much about the children as the teachers which is quite something so one class we went into you know the teacher was talking us through the books with the TA next to her talking us through Hmm. them at the same time almost just as confidently and could find the right book to talk to me about a certain issue just as quickly as the teacher could so it was quite impressive that they they care just as much about the learning as the teacher. And I think Mm. um, Chris will talk about various things he does to ensure they're on board. He he values them. They can earn days in lieu for when they've done residential, various other things. So I think there's give and take. And he very much talks about the carrot rather than the stick. Um, I think there's a lot of care and love, but look, it's a normal school. And I, can guarantee regardless of what everyone anyone says or doesn't say, they'll have their challenges sometimes. There'll people there'll be people that walk in some days feeling a bit rubbish. But when you walk into an environment like that with there's so much love and compassion for each other, I can imagine how that really picks you up some days when when you're struggling a bit and keeps you going. So it's a supportive team.
0: Yeah. Um that brings me to my last question then really. We've spoken about how amazing his school is, fun fueled but also normal. So yeah. how does it resonate in terms of progress for children academically? Like I'm thinking about what do the books look like? Yeah. Learning, you've already said, is purposeful and calm in class. But yeah. what are the displays like? For us who aren't on at the school, what did you see in terms of the books they're learning? And obviously Chris mentions his amazing mass outcome. So yeah. what is he putting in place to get there at that level?
1: Well, there's, there's a lot that the school does well that's very normal practice or good practice underlying all this for example the first thing he he showed us which he cited as his biggest success for maths was kind of early bird maths so kids coming at 8 50 and for about 15 minutes there's focused um, arithmetic practice so particularly in upper key stage two that's on the sorts of questions you might see um later on in sats in in arithmetic but they're kind of tweaked and changed each day so similar format but they're changed each day for for a set Kind of period of time and then they change the questions. So mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very focused session. But what really amazed us about that, so we went into uh Brooke the Mass leads um class, the year five class, um, first thing is they just come in and they just settle straight away. There's no loss of mm-hmm. learning time. And I think lots of us can relate to children coming in and faffing around a bit and playing with their bag and talking to them. These children come straight in, sit down, they start. And they're very high expectations for that, and they just get cracking. I think they did about 12 questions off the top of my head. And then obviously during that time, the teacher's going around kind of picking up on things, assessing things, interacting where where she needs to, as is the TA. And then she goes through and she takes their input. And what you can see is that she's really, um, when she's explained the methods for the different operations, the first time she's done it extremely well. Because things like the bus stop um, division, the children were really like almost chanting out to her what they do at each stage it had really that routine had been practiced so much that it was just second nature for the children mm. so there's a real deliberate practice in saying well our kids need to know this stuff they really really need to get it and know it so because they do that every day I think that has a huge impact but it's not just the doing it Steve it's the once we've gone through all the answers we've marked it it's then her having the um, care for the children but the high expectations that she does go around she says how did you get on today what did you get today what did you get today? yeah mm-hmm. and I know a lot of teachers that might shy away from that I think oh I don't want to embarrass any children I don't want to but she's not doing it in a scary way she's doing it in a a supportive slightly challenging way as well in that you're held to account i want to know how you've done today but everyone's getting good boy well done that's gone up from yesterday hasn't it? well done you know there's those encouraging comments you know they're valued and and those expectations there i expect lots of you getting 12s today you know so they they have a high bar and i think children in those kind of areas they need that they need someone to believe that they're capable of doing really really well mm. As for maths generally, Brooke talked about the fact that they've done so well with the arithmetic and the tables. And the next step for the school is to continue to develop the reasoning and problem solving, which I think is good, but make that even better. Because at the moment, of clearly, if you're getting pretty much all your marks in your arithmetic test at year six, that will get you very, very far with your results. Um, they want to icing on the cake and make sure the reasoning's just as strong. So that's where they're going next with things. Um, but yeah, so as well as the the morning practice, they clearly are obsessed with times tables. They do do times like rock stars, but they do lots of just recall of that in classes. We did go into a year one, two class where five, six, seven year olds were, you know, recalling their eight times table <laughs> quickly to you and seeing is believing it was very, very impressive. <laughs> mm. And some of those children with some quite considerable additional needs. The teacher spoke to us about one boy who came in with extremely low literacy levels and other kind of SEND needs. Um, but for for number that's really clicked, that times table knowledge. I think a lot of SEND practitioners out there will relate to that where people that, uh, yeah. that recall um of, of tables or number facts or patterns is something quite often they can really click with, depending on their need, of course. Um, so it was just impressive to see all sorts of pupils being able to do that. It wasn't just the select couple they had they brought out into the corridor. This was all the children sat on the carpet barking answers out to us. So, you know, they they really care about timetables. And of course, as Chris says in the interview, once you've nailed that, a lot of other areas are sorted. More towards the English stuff. What really struck us that we're gonna take back to our school is the volume of writing in books was really, really impressive, particularly as you went up into upper key stage two. So um they use very much a talk for writing approaching key stage one, but then they move more towards a novel study approaching key stage two. And that means that on, I would say, I mean, I'm talking about the year five books here, but there were books in other year groups that were similar. Um, You you know, every other piece of work, they've got at least a page of writing and good quality writing. so Mm -hmm. the writing so often, and it's focused, it's not just kind of vague that, it's just not hard for them to whack out a page of writing and they're enjoying it because it's through a novel they're passionate about um so you know I posted the picture of Narnia in one of those corners in 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 those classrooms where uh, the boy that was taking us around he had he had shown me a piece of his writing about Mr Tumnus and it was just stunning it was just beautiful but I think that's really impressive and since I mentioned the Narnia display I do want to make the point that while it's a nicely presented school and a couple of classes do have those really wow corners like the Narnia. In
0: <laughs> There's always someone that can do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: and they're beautiful. And don't get me wrong, as a child, that would really hook me into the topic. The rest of their environment is very normal for a school. And that's mm. not downplaying um, them in that respect. I, it's just not something that you would walk away going, oh my God, they did this and they did this and they did this. So it's, lo- it's a lovely environment and it's well kept and it's neat. But that's not something where most of the energy is being thrown. And I think that's right. Mm. We know It sounds
0: realistic, doesn't it, to be in a school? Right?
1: Is it? And that was quite nice to see because I want people to understand that Parklands is a normal working school. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, got here just, it's got here with all the love and the passion, but it's got here through a lot of just hard grind and day-to-day hard work. And I really want people to take that away. If you in the books marking policies and things would look like a lot of a lot of other schools do they've tried to reduce unnecessary marking some people do a little bit more if they feel it's needed but they've got a sensible marking policy where teachers don't write huge amounts and a lot of the other work or activities you see in books would feel very normal for the rest of us they use white rose resources in maths so no it's a there's a lot of normal very good practice going on day to day there but no Mm. great kids and i think you know they really love their school. And the last thing I'd probably want to say is we sat down over lunch, wherever we wanted and all day, we could sit or speak to whoever we wanted. There was no directness to certain places. And I yeah. sat with this group of year sixes and I just went around the table asking them what they loved about their school. And they all say everything, or they all say Mr. Dyson and those that do come from those other schools, they really get how lucky they are. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful school. And I think if you just want to see a, a school that's just living proof that through love, care, nurture, just solid good practice day in day out high expectations Mm. team ethos you want to see that that's possible go see it i'm sure there's other schools around the country doing it too and and chris's school has just become very well known for it but just go see it for yourself but I, i hope the podcast has given people a bit of an insight um beyond what they've already heard about about the school and if you've got any questions feel free to ping them over to me um at dynamic depths on twitter or on our facebook group make an impact education Brilliant, thank you, Russ.
0: That was excellent with you. I look forward to seeing it myself when I go up there in the future.
1: I'm sure Steve you'll get a chance to visit and maybe we'll, I hope so. Maybe hope we so. could go together one day. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys, keep in touch and thanks for listening.
0: Bye-bye. Bye all.